Thank you. Good morning. Good to see you. Um, said that Wes was away. He's got this corporate thing to do with his job. The real reason he's not here is he couldn't stand to hear himself on that pirate thing for another way. <laughs> he sits about there, and I look at him every time, and he's kind of curling up and sort of dying, dying inside. He starts off West Country and ends up Northern Ireland. Have you noticed that? You just listen to it. It's, it's horrendous, but I love it. Um, I'm going to read to you from Exodus chapter 3. Who knows the story about the burning bush? Yes, of course you do. And a lot of what I'm going to say actually follows on very much from what Tim shared last week, which is encouraging. So Exodus chapter 3, verse 1, it says, Now, Mo and say now. 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 now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness uh, and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I'll go over and see this strange sight. Why, did, why doesn't the bush burn up? When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush. Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And at this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out to a land, a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, Jebusites, Stalactites, and Stalagmites. <laughs> Forget the last two. And now the cry of the Israelites, Morites, has reached me. And I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go, I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you. And this will be the sign uh, that it, it is I who sent you. And when you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. That was a, a key moment in the life of Moses, and it was a key moment, actually, in the history of Israel. Okay? And what I want to talk about this morning is, is about the journey that God takes us on. Um, as you know, my, my dad died back in October, and we've been sorting out his house. And you will, you'd be amazed what treasures I have found in his house. Yeah. Treasures. Ask Judith about the black cat. It's wonderful. But I found this, and it took me back. It's my Cubs uniform. <laughs> How about that? Look at that. Look at that. It's a bit small for me now. It's a bit too big for Bob. But it's... A bit, it's, it's, it's <laughs> I, but I looked at it, and it's the second Wallington Cub group, and I've got badges. Cyclist, fine. 
first aid which is ironic because I cannot stand blood athlete that's more like it and the funniest of all is house orderly <laughs> it's a red one with a picture of a brush on it do you know, do you know what <laughs> do you know what that takes me back I was about 10, 11 years old when I wore that and I still got it and it was part of the journey of my life and who knows how significant those badges were not really when you look at them but we are on a journey we are travelling through life and when we come to a place where we find Jesus and follow him, it's the same thing. We are on a journey. Moses came to a key moment of change in his life, but it didn't just happen. It happened as part of a journey that he was on. And, and first of all, I want to talk about respecting the journey. Respecting the journey. I saw a bit of a TV program about I, I, I didn't watch it but I just saw the beginning of it and it was about walking, you know you get these walking programs and it was about um, walking these trails that have spiritual significance and the, the lady said, she was a Muslim and she said if this is wrong take it up with her, I'm quoting a Muslim she said that Islam tends to focus on the destination I suppose they go to Mecca don't they they focus on the destination but she discovered doing this TV program that Christians focus more on the journey and that's good they focus more on the journey uh, we talk about being a pilgrim going on a pilgrimage a pilgrimage is a journey to a sacred place and in our lives we are if you are if you like called to be pilgrims to be people on a journey to something okay and we need to respect that journey there are, there are countless people in the bible who, bring, who you can see their journey one of the guys that really I, I respect is joseph now joseph was a young man who had visions from god he saw uh, a vision that represented his brothers and even his dad paying homage to him and the man did a silly thing this young man went and told his brothers hey one day guess what he didn't have the maturity to handle what God had said to him so God had to take him on a journey to sort that out you know Joseph was sold into slavery in Egypt he was put in charge of a house and he, promote, he was promoted to the, the, the most important servant in that house. The wife thought he was pretty hot. She wanted to seduce him and he ran away but she framed him up. He got thrown into prison and there he was promoted. I tell you what, he, whatever he did, he got promoted and he was in charge of the prison but to cut a long story short eventually he was set free and it was then that he became the most powerful man in Egypt apart from Pharaoh and it was through that that he was able to save the family that were back in Israel who were starving through famine and they came and they didn't recognise him and they did what that revelation from God said they bowed down to him because they didn't know who he was 
he didn't have the maturity <coughs> to handle what God said to him at that moment, but God had to take him through a journey. I can tell you something. God has got a vision for your life, and he's taken you on a journey to make you ready for that. In fact, there are visions for your life. There are different stages in our lives, and he will let you do what he wants you to do when you've got to a place where you're capable of doing it. I think sometimes, oh, can you imagine if right at the beginning of your Christian life, God took you and showed you what was going to happen to you? Oh, my goodness me. You'd just run for it, wouldn't you? But when it comes in stages, it's acceptable. <laughs> Paul was trained as a Pharisee, a religious leader. He was also a Roman citizen. He was also highly educated. He could speak lots of different languages. So he could relate to the religious leaders. He could relate to the Roman authorities. God prepared him to be the man he was. Even Jesus had to be prepared. You know, um, for 30 years, people sometimes don't realize this, but for 30 years, Jesus didn't really do too much that we know about. We read about the bit when he was 12 uh, and his parents left him in the temple. Can you imagine? They're on their way back. Where's Joseph? Uh, Joseph, where, where's Jesus? He said, well, you had him. No, 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 no. I gave him to you. Yeah, but, but yeah, I'm sure you had. Where's he gone? Had to, can you imagine the fear? <laughs> they ran back and there he was in the temple. And Jesus said, why were you searching for me? Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? <laughs> but they didn't understand. It's in uh, Luke chapter 2. Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. Yet the Son of God was obedient to them and went back to Nazareth with them. Okay. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and with man. For 30 years he became a carpenter. He looked after his parents as they got older or whatever. Then for three years, for three years, he did the business. He did the miracles. He saved the world. He paid the price for our sin. He died on the cross and he rose again and he did all that miraculous stuff and he, es he established the church. He did it in three years. Was 30 years wasted? I don't think so in God's economy. I think God was preparing Jesus, Jesus the Son of God, but Jesus the man to be ready to do what he had to do. Because he grew in wisdom and stature. He was on a journey. And I'll tell you something, if Jesus had to be prepared and put on a journey to do what his father called him to do, how much more do we need to be prepared for whatever it is God's got for us to do in our lives? If you're thinking, oh, God's got nothing for me, just keep listening because he jolly well has. Jesus called his disciples to follow him. He didn't say, come here and get religious and that's it. He said, come and follow me because we're going on a journey. I'm so glad that Jesus got hold of my life and took me on a journey because I've experienced things and I've found out things on that journey and I see things in a different perspective from where I am now to where I was then. We're on a journey, okay? Well, Moses was on this journey. The account of the burning bush, it was a significant moment and a turning point, but it didn't just happen. It was the result of a long process. Moses, from the start of his life, had God's hand upon him. Saved from being killed as a baby in Egypt, they floated him on the river Nile and Pharaoh's daughter adopted him and paid his mother to bring him up. That's a deal, isn't it? 
but Moses from the start he was born in Egypt as a slave but he was raised by Pharaoh's daughter to become a prince for the first 40 years of his life he was raised as an Egyptian prince he was 40 years becoming something becoming a somebody but then he couldn't be a prince anymore he went to Canada with a girl called Megan. No, he, no, he didn't do that. It's a different prince. Sorry. He killed, an, he killed an Egyptian and was found out, and he fled. He fled to a place called Midian and for 40 years looked after his father-in-law's sheep. So 40 years he became a somebody. 40 years he became a nobody. And then when he was 80, he was ready to start. Because it was then when he was... 80 that God met with him and changed his life he was in a wilderness and do you know something we can make we can feel kind of worthless like a wilderness what's the point of my life what's God doing is, 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 has God got anything for me why am I here do you know something when you're in the wilderness that's where God can meet you there's no such thing in God's in perspective as a wilderness. Do you know, I love the fact that Jesus went and preached in the wilderness. It gives me, it gives me a bit of hope about the location of this building. Because, because <coughs> he went out into the wilderness, they found him. They found him. We've got two signs at the end of each road, and we're behind these houses and these shops. I keep telling people I've asked the council to knock these houses down. Uh, but they're not going to do it. Um, that, was, that wasn't true. <laughs> For the tape, that wasn't true. Um, but I believe that where God is, people will come and find his presence. You know? Um, he was in the wilderness. He was minding his own business. And for those first 80 years of his life, he was becoming what God wanted him to become in order to be ready to do what God wanted him to do. He was on a journey. The first word I read was, now Moses was tending the flock. That word now really is important. We need to embrace the now, even if we feel insignificant, undervalued, and in a wilderness. The temptation for us is this, that we project everything one day I'm going to do. One day I'm going to do, when, when this is sorted, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. You know, we look to the, what we see as the destination. The other, attempt, the other temptation is this, that we look behind, oh, well, these were the good old days. Oh, those were the good No, look, let me tell you something. These are the good old days. Right now. These are all we've got. Today is all we've got. And now Moses was tending the flock, and that's where God met him. Tell you something, now is where you are. Now is when God wants to speak to you. Now is when he can make a turning point in your life. And if he isn't ready to do that turning point with you now, I'll tell you something, now is a bit nearer than it was just now to when he's going to do it. You've got her on a journey. You're on a journey. The wrong question is what all the kids ask. Are we nearly there yet? Are we? We've been down, we've been 200 yards from the house. Of course we're not nearly there yet. If we were nearly there, we'd walk it. Are we nearly there yet from the back seat? Brings a shiver down the back of your neck of the parent. Andrew, when he came the other week, 
they'd just started out from Manchester. And before they got anywhere, Dad, I want to do a wee. Are we nearly there yet? I had to stop. No. Are we nearly there yet is the wrong question. The right question is, where are we now? Where am I now? When God came down to the Garden of Eden, he said to Adam and Eve, where are you? Hey, where are you? Do you feel like you're in a wilderness? Do you feel insignificant? Let me tell you, that's not where you're going to stay. You're on a journey. Don't live in the future. It ain't there yet, but carry on walking step by step. If you're going to walk from Land's End to John O'Groats, how do you do it? One step at a time. So you're at Land's End. There is the cliff behind you. Scotland's right up there. I'm a bit nearer now. Yeah, but there's a long way to go. Yeah, but it's not as far as it was just now. Hey, we're on a journey. We're on a journey of life. We're on a journey where God wants to prepare us as we walk with him. You see, God said, I'm, God was in that place. Take off your shoes. This is holy ground. Well, he's on our journey. And you might even be unaware of it. Those two fellows that were walking to Emmaus after Jesus had died, Jesus himself came and walked with them and didn't even know he was there. They were on a journey and Jesus was there talking to them. They thought, who's this bloke? Do you know something? There could be things going on in your life and you don't even recognize don't even recognize that God is with you but keep talking to him keep walking with him he's preparing you okay we are all different look at you <laughs> I mean just look at you the one thing actually that, that makes us have something to do with each other is Jesus <laughs> it's amazing isn't it but we're all different and we're all different because we are a result of the past journey we've been on. We're a result of our family, our friends, our upbringing, our experiences of life. Um, <coughs> I heard about a couple. Um, one came from a house that was always full of people. And one was from a house where nobody came to visit and they got married. Can you imagine the adjustments they had to kind of make? But we're all different. We've got different upbringings. We've got different experiences. And because of that, we've all got a different purpose, a different calling. We've got different abilities. But that's good because we are part of a body that works together and does different things. And I realise that I'm a, I look back, I'm a, you know, I look back to my cub uniform. I remember walking from the cub hut to my house. And I walk that sort of direction sometimes because it's on the way to, it's between my house and my dad's old house. And sometimes I think, oh, I used to walk along here because I had no idea what I was going to be like now and what I was going to do in life now when I used to wear that. But God had his hand upon me. Happenings came in my life. People, good, bad and ugly, came across my path. I had things that happened to me and I did 
things and I experienced things and I interacted with people that formed me and made me what I am today. You must be thinking you have some really weird people in your life. But on a serious note, if I can dare to do that, I married quite well. But the point is this, that God knew what he had for me to do and so he needed someone who I could do that with. You see, in all things, God is at work for the good of those who love him. He has a plan for you and it's a journey. For it is by grace that you've been saved through faith and it's not from yourselves, it's the gift of God not by works so that no one can boast and here it is for we are God's workmanship talk to you created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do if you don't really know the fulfillment of what God wants you to do on this earth he does and you're on a journey preparing you for that do you know I see Becca in that office and I think, I'm so glad I'm not you. <laughs> Everyone's glad that I'm not... Do I, I mean, the bit about the bin, you're doing so well, Becca, but the bins, you're doing a real rubbish job on that, aren't you? That's <laughs> <laughs> sit down, she said, sit down. But I couldn't do that. I, I often marvel at Nikki over there. She's, she's got, there's a slot in the top of her head. She's got a head for money, you see. And she can do all that stuff. And she does agendas and things. And I love her for that because I, I hate all that. Bless your heart. Great. I don't know what you were brought up like, but the result is fantastic because it really helps me out, I tell you. We're different. We are different. And, and do you know, there's no experience in your life, good or bad, that God cannot use to, to do something to prepare us for what the future holds. You might think, oh, you don't know about my past. You don't want experience. Do you know something? You can bring the rubbish of your life to Jesus and he will make it right. He can bring all your shame and all your guilt and all the stuff. And when Jesus gets hold of it, he turns it around and he restores you and renews you and gets rid of all that. Whatever you are, God can use it because he can take the journey you've been on and bring you to that mountain where he reaches you and speaks to you. We are on a journey. We're on a journey. Can I say that uh, whatever your past, God doesn't want to condemn you. He will convict you and he will correct you. But that's good, isn't it? You need to be convicted in the sense of you need to know that something's wrong. And you do be, need to be corrected, otherwise you keep going wrong. But he never condemns us. There is no condemnation. He doesn't do away with you. See, it's an important principle for life generally, and especially in regard to our dealings with God, that preparation is important. You try doing decorating without any preparation for paintwork. It just drops off again, doesn't it? And, you know, God wants to prepare you. 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 Say me. Yeah, yeah, that's you. See? Don't look across and think, I want to be like 
so-and-so. No, that's so-and-so. You're you. You see? I really, really want to do Sharon out of a job and get on that computer at the back. No, you know, you see, I'd, I'd have to fight her for it. No, I really don't. I don't... It's really important that, you know, we can be encouraged by the example of people that God uses. Don't get me... You can aspire to that, but actually God's got a fit for you because that's why he made you. And as you journey and he'll prepare you for that, you will be ready. There are life skills and abilities. I've touched on some of them. Some of the admin, the finance, technical abilities, people skills, all those things, musical skills. Now, we haven't all got all of those or any of them, some of us, but it doesn't matter. You've got something God can use, and he will prepare you to be used by him if you'll let him. Prepare, you know, the ability to serve is something that we all need to learn. Every one of us. The greatest in the kingdom is the servant of all, the Bible says. And if we are not ready to serve people and serve Jesus to people, he will never be able to take us further on in the journey and entrust us with more. That's what he wants to do. He wants to take us on. Perhaps the most important thing, even more important than ability, in a sense, is character, integrity, and honesty. There are so many people who have a ability and they have it undermined by character. Do you know what? God sees our hearts. He can give us ability, but he wants to form in us character, integrity, trustworthiness, faithfulness. He wants to take us on that journey. And you know, sometimes the way he does it is to allow us to go through or even bring it on sometimes, suffering in tough times. Because it's then, when you're in a wilderness, that you'll see a burning bush. You think, what's that? And when God sees you go towards that burning bush, he'll, he'll speak to you. If you don't have a wilderness experience, sometimes you're too busy or too comfortable to hear what God says that's blessed you this morning hasn't it I've got to tell you the truth I've got to tell you the truth haven't I hey don't think I've come to Jesus so everything's going to be nice now no sometimes it can be not been horrible but in the depths of all of that God can meet with us I was going to get it, we've heard it all Haley, this morning I was going to get Haley to come up and sort of give her but it's, it's a sense we've said it haven't we this lady has been on her journey and she's off all her meds now <laughs> hallelujah we heard about Ola earlier on oh Ola came to our church some years ago from a dreadful awful situation she was over in Dagenham uh, and the pastors there knew us and she moved over here and that lady has got herself a job she is serving Jesus she is an inspiration she's been on a journey and she's going on a journey and she's going through a tough time so we're with her in the journey right now it's exciting God is doing something in people's lives but he needs to take us on the journey and he needs to test us sometimes there's a, a verse that says the crucible for the silver in a crucible is like a little pot that you melt metal into the crucible for the silver and a furnace for gold 
Because in both of those situations, if you heat that metal up, it melts it and gets rid of all the impurities. But the Lord tests the heart. And I spoke a few weeks ago now about God takes the upright into his confidence. Now, God wants to share his heart with us. But he can't, he daren't share his heart with you if he hasn't got your heart. He's got to test the heart. You know, the Israelites in Deuteronomy chapter 8, they, they, they went all the way through the wilderness for 40 years. And it's because they, weren't, they didn't have what it took to go into the promised land the first time. They were scared. So God had to take them through 40 years of preparation so that 40 years later, when a generation of doubt had gone, they were then ready to go in and take the land. Preparation. It's the Lord who disciplines his children, it says there, and tests what's in our hearts. Even Jesus had to suffer. Especially Jesus had to suffer. But it says in Hebrews 5, although he was a son, he learned obedience from what he suffered. And was once made perfect became this source of eternal salvation to all who obey him. Let me read the Amplified Version. It says, although he was a son, he learned active and special obedience from what he suffered. Suffered. And his completed experience, once made perfect in equipment, he became the source of eternal salvation. And that verse that I always have to go back to is Romans 8.28 in all things whether you're in the mountaintop on the wilderness you're in a drought situation you're in a fear situation in all things God is at work for the good of those who love him if you love him it doesn't matter where you are he's with you on the journey and he can work whatever's happening there for your good that's his promise and I, I hold on to that. See, we've got to respect the journey. Can I just say that we also need to respect the journey of people that we don't agree with? Yeah. Even if they're wrong. <laughs> don't agree with me, you're wrong. <laughs> no. You, no. You see, we will have people who have all sorts of different opinions. And forgive me if you've heard this but I remember once we had a like a, a welcome to our church event and a husband came along who'd never been the wife had come and he heard what we were doing and, and he came to this welcome event he'd never been to the church shop for really so he came anyway and at the end of the meeting he said this can I say ask a question I said yes he said I love what you're doing oh, that was nice wasn't it he likes what we're doing in the community he said but I've got one problem I said, what's that? He said, I don't believe in God. So I said, do you know what? You're going you're gonna to be dashed to the eternity. Get out of my house. You don't believe in God. What are you doing here? No, I said, do you know what? I really respect you saying that because you're being honest. We're all on a journey, mate. You're all on a journey, and I get where you're at at the moment. I do believe that God loves you, and I do believe that there's a God in Whatever you believe, that, that's fine. You're still welcome anyway. Let's respect the journey of other people. Just because they haven't got the perspective that you've got, let's respect the journey. Because if you don't respect their journey and where they are now, you'll never get them, you'll never get their attention to come and see the burning bush, and they'll never come to hear God's word in that way. 
All right, so let's respect the journey. And then, then finally, just in brief, let's respond to the call as well. You see, God's presence appeared to him. The angel of the Lord appeared to him. And he saw that burning bush that didn't burn up. He didn't know what it was. And can I say that God wants to get our attention? He wants to get the attention of people in this community, but sometimes he needs to get your attention as well and kind of show you something and you, what, what, what's going on. But he needs to speak to us in our lives. And we all have a God-given call and purpose which may develop over time. And sometimes it's through different calls. I don't know that you're necessarily going to get a mountaintop of experience that says, I'm calling you to be prime minister when Boris is finished. Do you know? But it might be some calls that God says, I want you to take this step. I want you to take this step. And there will be significant moments on the journey. And don't say, oh, we're nearly there yet. Right? My dad's there. <laughs> My dad's there. And who knows what eternity's got for him. And me. And you. Eh? No, we never get there. We're on a journey. But let's hear what God wants us to do on the journey. Our true identity and reason for being, let me tell you, is, is far greater than our own purposes. You see, when God calls us, it's not about us. When God does something in your life, it's not about you. Um, it's about God and it's about his purposes. I love what it says in that reading there. Four things. God said to Moses, I have seen the misery. God says, I've seen it. I've heard them crying. I'm concerned and I have come down. Do you know what? When God looks at this world, when God looks into our lives, he sees the misery. He's not aloof and far above and uncaring. He sees the misery. He hears the crying of the awful things that are happening in our world today. The things that are happening behind closed doors, even on this estate. The things that are happening in people's lives. He hears the cry. He is concerned. God really is concerned. People say, well, if God's a God of love, why does, why does he allow this sort of stuff? i tell you why. Because we are people who do things that we are responsible for. But God is concerned, and that's why he came down. He came down to Moses, and he's come down in Jesus to our world. And in both cases, he said, I've come because I'm concerned and I want to bring salvation to the people, but I'm sending you. Moses, I'm sending you. And Moses said, well, I can't do it. Do you know what? Success, people say, I can't, I can't, I can't. But success, do you know, do you know how it comes? It comes in cans. Think about it. It comes in cans. I can do all things through him who gives me strength yeah and I tell you what when you read the label of that can it's scary but open it up and it'll work yeah he can give us the ability we need Moses said I can't I can't God said I will be with you and that is the secret of the church the great challenge for us folks is to be attractive to a world that looks at Christianity and turns its nose up sometimes for good reason we're not called to be gimmicky 
but we are called to be real and we're called to be powerful because God is with us. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, was the promise. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. I'm finished. Two, three things I want to mention before I pray. First of all, there's a, an account given of a potter and the clay. The prophet went and saw the potter make the clay pot and it went a bit wrong, so he mashed it all up again, started again, and then he formed it. You might have been on the potter's wheel and a bit mashed up sometimes, but I'll tell you something, you're still in the hands of God who's making you into something good and useful and beautiful, right? So the first thing I want to say to you this, after, this morning, this afternoon, just, is recognize and respond to what God is shaping you into. Because there's, there's no other pot like you. Secondly, the journey that you've been on, I believe that there are people who have been dreadfully hurt on that journey, even by other Christians. Do you know, the behavior of others that do that to you is inexcusable. But the other thing that cannot be excused is for you to depart from God because of what other people have done. You need to work out your salvation and come back to him. Don't let the bitterness of bad behavior from others who should know better form what you are now take that experience from your journey turn it around and use it to follow Jesus does that make sense and finally a challenge for us all that we must never let our spiritual supernatural edge as believers be compromised by seeking to be acceptable to our community now there's something. We are reaching our community effectively. We've got a good name in this area, right? That's great. We've got toddler groups. We've got meals for seniors. We've got youth. We've got children. We've got stuff. That must never be the aim. The aim is for us to make a spiritual impact in this area, to see people coming to Jesus. And you know, I'm just going to say this off the top of my, off, off my own bat really, and it's, I, I don't think you can disagree, this, that every ministry, every activity here must be kingdom-centered and about Jesus touching and ministering to people. Always, always, always. So let's, by the strength and power of God, be a people who have that at the forefront of our minds all right let's just bow our heads for a, for a moment in prayer lord we thank you for the journey that you have called us to be on sometimes we really don't understand what we're doing here sometimes we want to get to the destination sometimes we say lord, lord are we nearly there yet and that's not the question the lord is where lord we, the question is that we are here now and you know here and now now, in this place, is holy ground. Jesus is here. God is in this place. And if you've been fighting what God wants to do in your life, if you've been held back because you've been badly treated, 
commit those things to the Lord. Say, Lord, will you help me in my journey to be what you want me to be? And help me to follow you. It's between you and me, nothing to do with anyone else. If you feel that God is speaking to you about any of that, I want to give you an opportunity to make a stand this morning. I'm not going to call you out to the front, but whatever it is that God is speaking to you about is your business unless you want to share it with somebody. But if this morning you believe God has spoken to you about the journey you're on and you want to commit that journey to him, it may be there are people here who don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior. I don't know, you've never met him in the first place. Whatever it is, you're here in his presence and this can be a now moment for you. If you feel God is just challenging you to make a stand, then that's what I want you to do. Just stand to your feet. I'm going to pray over you right now that God will just meet you in that. Can you just do that right now? Just stand to your feet if that's you. Great. Lord, we worship you. Our eyes are closed, our heads are bowed. But if you want to stand, it doesn't matter about anybody else. Lord, I thank you, bless you, and pray that your work will be done in that life. In Jesus' name. And for each one of us, Lord, as we are on your journey. Help us to be faithful in all that we do. Amen. Amen. Brilliant. Bless you.